he ain't gray, but we both gray. He ain't going blind, but we both blind. He ain't bald, but we both bald. He ain't old, but we both old. He ain't lazy, but we both lazy. He ain't heavy, but we both heavy. Ladies and gentlemen, saddle down. It's Malcolm Brown. Let's have a podcast. Hello. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, uh, whatever time zone you're listening. Uh, I'm Mark Grayston uh, with my brother Brad on the Mark and Brad podcast. And uh, we'll say hello, Brad. Hello, Brad. Hello, Brad, indeed. And um, we have to apologise because we've been a little bit delayed uh, doing this edition of the podcast because real life has got in the way. Brad was a little bit unwell. I was, I was, yes, yeah. And not, not, nothing sinister, but... Uh... Did, you get, did you get the Rona? Uh, no, no, I didn't know. Um, I just had a bad stomach, um, a little bit of a cough, but nothing, nothing like uh, with how bad people are. So quite thankful that it wasn't, wasn't nothing too, uh, too bad, which is good. Well, we actually had, because um, I, I put on some of my social media that you weren't very well, uh, and the amount of messages, cards, and letters we've had is is none. And <laughs> what, what I need you to realize is how much of an absolute joke that you are. <laughs> I mean, you to me, I mean, normally the song is like you to me or everything, but yeah. you to me, it's just pure hatred, really. Um, I, I just don't like you. Not, not many people do, I think. Uh, I, can refute, I can refute your claims. Okay, go on. Okay, uh, so number one, you don't hate me. Uh, Possible, go on. No, you you hate me in the same way you may hate your credit card company. Okay, go on, I'll buy it. Yeah, well, you well, only if I let you have the money. <laughs> oh, but you, you know, you're not a Capital One, you're just a Capital... Ca- no, actually, I can't say on this. <laughs> you can't say that word. I think that's the only word you're not allowed to say on this podcast. And even then, I think you can say it. Because Apple Podcasts have allowed us to. Really? Well, that's. I mean, maybe we could just open the floodgates. No, no, no. Let's not. Let's, let's stick to the uh, agenda. Stick to the agenda. Today's theme, um, not the theme tune of the podcast, which is utterly shit. Um, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We, you know as well as I do. I might not have had any cards or get well messages, but we know what we did have, Mark. We had Complain. people. No, 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 no. We had more people this week say to us to bring the theme tune back. Is that true or is that false? Yeah, no, that, that is that is genuinely true. People have said, "Can we please listen to the, the full version, the full version of the theme tune?" I, I, I'm thinking, you know, if we put that to a Bond film, you know, I think it could quite, you know, I think it could work. What do you reckon? I. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with you, but only on the proviso of, of a few certain things. So, as you know, most Bond songs are named after the actual film. Yeah. Like Diamonds Are Forever, you know, Goldeneye, um, The Spy Who Loved Me. No, it wasn't The Spy Who Loved Me. That was just a lyric in, in that song by, by that woman. But if there was a James Bond film called The Mark and Brad Podcast, then it would make a perfect James Bond theme. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think there will be a, a James Bond film called The Mark of Brad Cod, Pod, Cod Podcast. Get my words out. But you never know. Uh, what would what would that sound like, though? I mean, to, in my mind, it would be like... Da, na, 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 Mark and Brad's part. I'm doing a new thing. No, 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 no. I'm going to freestyle. Yeah, you're not going to freestyle. I'm wearing a tuxedo. Da, na, 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 on the Mark and Brad podcast. Da, na, na, na. I've got a secret gun in my belt. And I'm also eating biscuits. That's the new thing, Jim. The, the only thing you've got in your belt, Mark, is a screwdriver hole for when you got really fat and you now can't do your belt up, you fat piece of crap. Now, the theme tune, I write it. I produced, directed, loved it. It stays the same. People love it. It will stay the same. Simple as that. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to have that concession. I'm, you know, should, we, should we get into it? Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's enter. This week's theme is very much based on a text that I got from Brad the other week that said, oh, I really miss my work friends. Um, oh. so we, we're gonna... Oh. That's oh, my God. Idea Brad talks. Um, but we're talking today about the shittest jobs uh, that we've ever had, um, but also the shittest moments uh, in, in work, because a, a lot of the stuff we've talked about has been work. Um, and and I'm gonna we, we're gonna start with Brad this week because Brad Brad's story is about to tell, and I'm hoping it translates well. But I, this is one of the few times I was getting, and I, I get I get a lot of texts from Brad, but I was getting like kind of minute by minute updates on this story, uh, and I was reading them out live at work, and I had about five people around my desk listening to the updates to this story <laughs> when it was going on. Um, so Brad. Brad, we're taking everyone back. We're taking our listeners back to a time when, and I don't want to say unemployed, but you were unemployed, right? Do you know what? I don't know if I was or not. I, I absolutely can't. I, I don't. I think I was actually employed at this time. Well, that's rare. Um, so, yeah, fuck you. Um, so, basically, I I wanted out um, ages ago. It must be. I'm thinking probably maybe four, maybe four or five years ago. But I wanted out of retail. And I, and I wanted, uh, you know, a Monday to Friday job, which I have now, luckily. But back then, I, I really wanted it. And um, I was kind of clutching at anything to, to get hold of a job. I really can't remember if I was employed or not. I really have to find out. It's really bugging me. But I, <laughs> I mean, no one ever gets this lucky. But I, w- I remember receiving uh, an email um, from a company, uh, which was quite close to Basildon. And it was one of those emails that we've checked you out on LinkedIn. You look really good. You'd be really good for our, I think it was a marketing or an advertising company um, to, to, run one of our, <laughs> to run one of our offices for um, our marketing company. Let's just call it marketing. Indeed. And just very quickly, just so we're clear, LinkedIn's a pile of shit. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's some things that work great on LinkedIn. Uh, 90% of the time is, is people just going, hi, look at me, I've done something great, which, you know, is annoying. But We're talking about LinkedIn, there, there are, not my LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there is some good to it. The best, anyway, thing, so I, the, the best thing about LinkedIn is, it says, oh, Judy's been working at this company for 10 years. No, she ain't. She left eight years ago. She's only <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
or, or it's pictures of like someone doing something nice and it, it's it, you know you should always do something nice without advertising the fact that you're doing nice in my opinion but, but there so so i get this email and obviously you know i was i think i was either unemployed like you said there mark or wanting out so i jumped at the chance and gave them a call and uh, they went yeah can you come down for an interview i was like yeah no yeah great you know you know suit and boot so i go down there and it was literally like a house it was really weird like i remember i opened up the front door and it was like it was like you know like one of those kind of dentists that you go to that is like a converted house um where like you know you're in the front room and all the doors are like converted it, it was literally like that and it was just this one woman behind a desk and like this tiniest little waiting room and a fish that kept staring at me i was like what are you doing mate um and basically she was like oh you're here for the interview blah blah sign this detail now in hindsight i, I should have reread the sheet because i still remember it but for some reason I, I just kind of glanced over it and signed it because obviously that's what you do during an interview. But it was basically like a um, no. That's not what you do during an interview. I mean, this is that's how they do pants. Yeah, in prison, um, you you don't just sign stuff when you turn up at a random place. Yeah, <laughs> and then they hug me. No, and it's, I, I mean I know that now, but it it, it was basically like a. It was very similar to a non-disclosure agreement. Um, and and yet here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. But it wasn't a non-disclosure agreement, so it, it was it was fine. But it was like one of those, we can take you anywhere, you could do anything kind of things, and you won't sue us or, or we won't pay you for your day. Which is like an alternative version of the record breakers theme tune. Yes. So they call me up and I go upstairs and it's like the biggest bedroom you could ever find. And this one guy behind this oak desk with like a cheesy kind of assistant next to him. And uh, he's like, please take a seat. I was like, I took a seat. Literally, there's nothing in this room apart from this desk, a guy, a cheesy guy. And that was it. I was like, well, this is just this is just weird. And he goes, uh, right. OK, you know, so this is what we do. And and it was just a kind of basic overview of the business and how he started it from scratch and made his way up. And uh, and then the pitch came. And, and it was, so we're after managers to run our marketing advertising centers. I was like, yeah, I could do that. We're after one of them, you know, a few of them actually opening up in Essex. I was like, yeah, we could do that. He said, but the thing is, you, you haven't really done uh, marketing or advertising before, have you? I was like, well, no, not really. He goes, so what would be the best way to learn, you know, the, the, the kind of crux of, of, of doing that? And being an interview, you, as, as you probably are aware, you know, you kind of say anything to get the good marks, as you do. Oh, we've all told lies in an interview. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely... I think I'm a qualified surgeon. <laughs> oh, um. So I said at that time, well, you've got to work your way up, you know, start from the bottom and, and really understand it. So given a manager's answer, I was like, well, you know, I would partner myself up and shadow the people that, you know, really understand the job and to get me up to scratch quite quickly. However, that wasn't what he had in mind. Suddenly this guy called Jacob comes through the door. Um, Always a bad sign. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, well, I mean, there's this guy comes through the door. I was like, oh, hi. Hi, Jake. He's like, yeah, so I'm going to be taking you. And I was like, what? I, I, I didn't understand. They're going to be taking you. Um, so if you go with these two, 
and you're going to go throughout your day. Um, now, tonight, the time was about 11 o'clock. He goes, so you'll be back later on, and then we'll finish off with a second round of the interview. I was like, oh, all right, okay, so it's all done in one day. It wasn't a day. Let's just put it that way. So we get the car. Now, bearing in mind the size of me, this car was like a mini Metro. Yes, right? let's slow down, because you've got to remember, this is, this is technically the medium of radio. This is a podcast. So people aren't seeing you visually. So in case they're not, I just want to describe how flat <laughs> you are. Um, um, Bowser in, in Mario Kart? Is that what we're thinking here? No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. You know Donkey Kong? You're a dick. <laughs> well, carry on. Mini Metro. So I've got these two guys that are really cheesy, and they're like, hi, hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm glad you're coming with us. So I sat- no, 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 stop. stop. So I'm going to keep stopping you doing this story. And I know the reason that you hate that is because that's you. No, well, it's me when I know what I'm doing. When, when I don't like it, when I'm in an uncomfortable place, and they're like, oh, what, do you, do you watch the match? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're not an Arsenal fan, are you? I was like, no. Oh, you're not a Chelsea fan? I was like, no. Oh, you're not a West Ham fan? I was like, no, just shut Anyway, so the work, I mean, it, it all started. It all started when I put my seatbelt on, because the seatbelt didn't go around me. The seatbelt was broken, so it kind of stopped halfway. Mm. So as they started asking me about my career history, I'm going, and I'm trying to pull the seatbelt around. They're going, so, so what do you do? Do you need any help? Do you need any help getting you putting your belt on? I was like, look, leave me alone. <laughs> So I'm, I'm struggling to get my belt and I'm sweating, right? Because obviously you're so nervous. You've got these two people kind of watching over you. I finally magically get my belt on. But Christ almighty, it's the tightest thing in the world. He goes, so what did you used to do? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I used to, <laughs> you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Thing is, though, Greg, just thinking about that. If the seatbelt in that car was the tightest thing in the world, in your opinion... And in my opinion, you're the tightest thing in the world. Surely that should have created some kind of diamond. Hilarious. Yeah. You know as well as I do, I am not the tightest person in the world. Now. Fair. Yes. Now, the problem is, and I need you all to imagine this, this car wasn't a nice, gorgeous car that businesses use. It was a crapped out mini metro that had only two doors. So I had to get in by opening the door and then pushing the seat, you know, flicking it forward and getting in that way. That's how I got in the car, struggled to get the seatbelt on. So once they're in and they're driving, you can't get out. So as I'm driving, they then go, oh, by the way, we're going to Dagnum. Now, so if I remember correctly, you were in Chelmsford. Yes. I, so I'm in Chelmsford going to Dagnum, which is about 40 minutes maybe drive with the most awkward guys in the world. And this is, this is the point where I think I might have started texting you. Yeah. Um, like as in, as in help, help. This is my location. If you don't ever hear from me, I love you. You know, this is my will and testament, all this kind of stuff, because I'm getting taken away to Dagnum, a 40 minute drive in a crapped out mini metro with two people that I don't know. And I haven't got a clue why. So from from my opinion uh, or from my side of things, I'm getting these texts through. And first, I'm a bit worried because you, you, you I'll take the piss out of you, but it's very rare that you text me asking for help. Because you're a very proud man. I mean, money's a different thing, but help's, help's different. Um, but you're describing this to me. You're, you're in a car with two geezers in suits, kind of man bags. I have assumed at this point you've been kidnapped by the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, 100%. I mean, there, there was more man bags than 
the money in that car. They, they had a bag for everything. And they had a cheesy grin, and oh my god, it was just it was a scary moment. And then and then we got to Dagnum, and our, obviously we used to live in Dagnum. And for people that don't know Dagnum, it's a scary place. You know, it's it's don't get me wrong, lovely place, but there are some areas of Dagnum which are not pleasant. And we pulled up in that area, so we then get out of the car, and I, on exit of the car, rip the back of my trouser, which. <laughs> Which wasn't good because I, as I rip it, I cut my cut my um, my thigh, and uh, you know when you try and style it out, you're like oh yeah, no, I'm fine. God, Christ, it hurt. Oh, see, he, it's just another missed opportunity because for me, if I cut myself in the middle of an interview, I look the, the interview guy straight in the eye and say, I would bleed for this job. You're an absolute false to be reckoned with. Let's put it that way. I know. So, so one of the guys grabs his man man purse out the back of the car. And he goes, right, well, I'm going to hit up 57 to 99 or something, something like that. I'll see you in four hours. I've got four, four, four hours. And I look to the other guy. And straight away, I'm thinking, I'm hungry. This is 12 o'clock. Four hours. In, in the middle of Dagnum, in a car. With, oh, anyway. So he goes, right, so you're going to come with me. And I'm going to show you the benefits of marketing and advertising. I'm like, okay, right, all right. He opens up the boot, and this is the moment where you know, like, if you're having a house party suddenly, you know, as a kid, and you know, you've got booze and you're a teenager, and then the front door opens and your mum and dad have walked in, and that kind of moment of where your heart drops, thinking, Oh my god, what's just happened? Or you drop your iPhone on the floor and you hear a crack, you know, that, those sort of moments, those scary moments, this was it. Or when you go to the pub and you realise it's your round. No, that's toilet time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dave knows that. Dave normally knows that. So I I look at the boot and it's opening up and my heart and everything's scary. Because as I look down, <laughs> as I look into the boot, this guy pulls out two high-vis jackets. <laughs> Now, bearing in mind the size of me, he only has an XL jacket. So I, I put it on, it barely goes around me. It's so awkward. It's like I'm wearing a cowboy vest. It's, it's so, honestly, it's so awkward. He goes, right, come on then, follow me. You're just going to watch. I was like, what, the f- what am I doing? We then proceed to go knocking door to door. <laughs> House by house, in the middle of Dagnum, in the dis- like, in the most roughest of areas, with barking Rottweiler dogs out the front, knocking to see if they're changing their energy suppliers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I literally saw about eight houses. Whilst I'm doing this, I'm texting you, going, "Seriously, I'm going. I'm a door-to-door salesman here. I would promise the world." And I was delivered Skegness. Let's, let's just put it that way. And I remember after the eighth house of knocking door to door of people going, fuck off, who are you? <laughs> I, I literally, I just, I just said, listen, mate, this is not what I had in mind. He goes, don't worry about it. You've got your second interview at eight. Eight, by the way. So they wanted me to get in a car, 
right, from 11-ish, all the way till 8 to then come back for my second interview. I handed back my high-vis. I said, no, thank you. Say again? As you should. I mean, you couldn't steal the high-vis jacket. Well, I mean, it wouldn't even go on my action, man. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I gave it back, and I was like, look, I've got family in Dagenham. I'm off. I, I can't do this. And I just walked off. Luckily, thank God, I rang uh, mum at the time, and she was in Dagenham, picked me up. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, I'm just picking up on her language there. She was your mum at the time? No, no, no. no. Oh. At the time, she was in Dagenham. Ah, right. She was my mum. She still is my mum. Well and she picked me up and luckily saved my life. And that, to me, was probably one of the worst job in... No, 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 not the, what, what, the worst job interview ever because I've been promised a manager position at running an advertising marketing agency to be then suddenly going door to door, making sure they're on the correct energy plan. Christ almighty, I don't think you can top that. There's two things uh, that, that, well, yeah, there's two things. One thing, one major thing that you've missed out of that story was the middle bit, which, and it, it's, it's not me mugging you off because it's the truth, but you didn't have any money at the time. So what? Oh, I had, I had nothing. I had nothing. You had, you had not a pot to piss in, and you'd driven from Basildon, where you live, to Chelmsford to have this job interview, and then been kidnapped by two Jehovah's Witnesses and taken to Dagnum. Now, in between <laughs> you ringing your mummy for help, you reached out to Big Brother to ask for a loan to get a train back to Shenfield. So, so yeah, uh, to, from Dagnum uh, across to Shenfield to get back to your car in Chelmsford. And I, I, if I remember correctly, I did offer you a loan. But in the meantime, your mum offered to come and, come and pick you up. But in summary, even without the high-vish jacket, they saw you coming, didn't they? Oh, they, they, they definitely saw me coming. And I'll I, I tell you what now, that, that to me was, was the scariest time. But you're, you're absolutely right. I remember walking for miles and I was ringing everyone and thinking, Christ, am I ever Because I had nothing to get home. But as I said, luckily... She was uh, she was working in Dagenham, which was only five minutes around around the corner. So very very thankful. But I don't think you can top that, can you? Uh, not with a job interview, but I can top it with with in work stuff. And and I'm cheating a little bit because the in work stuff is is what's made up most of my my books. But th- this is this is one of my favourite ones. What 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 books are you talking about, then, Mark? I've oh, never heard you talking about books. Uh, maybe maybe not. But uh, Contrabunt and Father Muckers are available now on Amazon, and you can actually order them in paperback. Um, I actually, I actually received a copy of my own book this week. <laughs> Someone's got her. <laughs> no, I've sold a few. Uh, I've sold enough that I could order, you know, some kind of takeaway meal. There. So in your face. So you're you're not giving profits back to charity then? From what? Well, you you saw. I thought you sold this book with everything going on that you'd give the money back, Mark. Is that not what's happening? <laughs> I didn't say that at all. No, no, no I thought you did. <laughs> No, the mistake. <laughs> no, the mistake that you've made is just because I walk like that Captain Tom fucking Moore, motherfucker. <laughs> does not mean that I will be giving my money to charity. <laughs> Let me take. You that. heard it. You heard it, here, folks. Mark Grayson don't give to charity. You type Mark. I give, but uh, so uh, but let, let's bring it up, right? I did a fundraiser recently on Facebook uh, for the local Basildon Hospital charity. Oh, did, did you? How much did you give? Uh, a tenner. Oh, really? Yeah, and we raised hundred and ninety quid. So you Just didn't even, you didn't even put in ten percent. 
Uh, I put in more than 10%. So Bless- Bless- oh, I'm not very good at maths. Oh, no. You are disgusting. Anyway, go on, your story, sorry. Let me let me take you take you back. Uh, I I used to work. Uh, my first job was at a record shop. I moved and and the record shop, I will gladly advertise it as Adrian's Records in Wickford. Uh, one of the best jobs I've ever had. Met some of the best people in the whole world. I moved on uh, for a little while, working for a really dodgy call centre who didn't give me enough hours. I was on zero hours contract and they lied to me. Not too dissimilar to what, what you just had, but that's not funny enough to talk about. We'll move on. I then worked in a, a call centre at First Data, uh, which is a big company in Basildon, uh, where they do credit card stuff. They've changed their name now to, to Funky Serve or something. I don't know. Um, and that was awesome because it was me working with a load of, and, and admittedly, there's not, nothing untowards here, but a load of lovely older ladies who used to treat me like their grandson, and it was the best. And then once I left there, I got my first job in London at Self Trade. Um, and, and, and self-trade doesn't actually exist anymore. They've been taken over by another firm, but it's a, an online execution-only stockbroker. And they used to prey on people like me from Essex who used to come in and, and do a job. They used to ring up and go, I want to buy Barclays. And you take the card details and you go, okay, you can have Barclays. And you put the trade through all on this online system, right? Um, and I've been doing it for a year or so, and I was, I was getting quite good at it. Uh, and then, as it often happens when you get good at something in a call centre type environment, they promote you to senior uh, and give you a very small pay rise, but loads more responsibilities, right? And that, that's what happened. So I became senior. And then they put me in charge of training people because, uh, I don't know, because I'm quite, that they recognise I was quite good at communication and so do I, but still. During this time, they launched uh, an online app. So this is like, again, this is like 10 years ago. So this wasn't like now where everyone's got an app. Not many people had an app and they launched this app and they said privately internally in all these meetings, this is going to be the busiest thing ever. We're going to have to hire a lot of temps, bring in the temps to do the, the, the calls for this app because so many people are going to want to do it. Problem is all of the people who used our service were like 80 years old. So not one of these motherfuckers was going to use an app. We had six temps who came in and I had to look after them. And uh, I was, so I was on a little bank of desks. We were all taking calls. Hello, welcome to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I was like checking their calls and listening to them and giving them feedback and all this sort of wank, wanker shit that you can imagine. And some of them were really good at their job. And then, and then there was Jenny. Um, and and Jenny, Jenny was not very good at her job um, because she... She had the look on her face that I'd, I'd asked her to calculate something really difficult when I'd really only asked her to tell me her name. She she looked at me like something. <laughs> she, she she just wasn't very good uh, at picking things up, at listening, uh, at empathy, at the calls, at using the systems. But much, much worse than that, she wanted to use every waking moment to talk about EastEnders and other dog shit TV shows. So she, not only was she shit at her job, she was distracting everyone else as well. Now, she was a, uh, I'm not being rude when I say this, but it informs the story. She was a bubbly girl uh, and a big girl. Um, and she was also quite short as well, right? And, and that informs the story. It's not me being rude about her because, uh, I, I, you know, she had big eyes and she wasn't, she wasn't a moose, but she, she wasn't also, you know, she wasn't tall and slender and whatnot anyway. Um, and she, oh, she, I can't believe you said that. Awful description. Not really. I, I, think, believe, I believe you text me saying I'm going to talk about the Aero Girl. I mean, that's what you said to me. Aero Girl. <laughs> full, of, full of bubbles. 
in the aero, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the aero slogan something different. Um, so we get to the point um, that the manager at the time, and, and I have to very quickly stop the, the, the funny bit of this story because the manager who I'm talking about right now passed away a couple of weeks ago um, and uh, we got a message about it, all the people who used to work there. So for, for anyone who knew Mike, uh, Mike was a lovely bloke. So rest in peace, Mike. He was awesome. But Mike, and I, I say to the greatest respect to someone who's no longer with us, but he was a fucker at times because Mike came up to me and said, in a gruff Sunderland Northern accent, I'm going to need you to tell me which temps have got to go. And I said, actually, they're all really good except for Jenny. Jenny's fucking shit. And he went, don't worry, I'll get rid of her. I'll have her gone by the end of the day. And I thought, great, because I'm not a manager. I'm, ju I'm just a senior. I'm, ju I'm doing the job that a manager should be doing. Story of my life. Um, but uh, I'm not necessarily getting paid for it. So he's going to make all the hard decisions. Cool. So she was really friendly and bubbly the whole rest of the day. And then uh, 4.45, clock off time, bang, we're out the door. Me and all the other people, who, again, we're all from Essex. So we're all legging it to get on a DLR to go to Limehouse to get on a C2C to go home. So as we're getting on the, on the DLR, there's me, there's my manager, Simon. He was he was there as well. Uh, and there are a couple of other blokes who attempt with us as well. And just as the doors are closing, like, her face gets wedged in between the doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a mixture between Jurassic Park and Jaws. It's like, it's... It was the worst. And she turned up. She's like, hey, guys. And we were like, oh, God, right, okay. Now, me and Simon both privately knew she was going to get sacked um, from us. So we were thinking she'd come on and go, oh, guys, I've been let go, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was a Friday. And the first thing she said was, oh, my God, guys, uh, I can't wait for the weekend. I'm doing this, this, and this. I can't wait to see you on Monday, right? So me and Simon are looking at each other all puzzled, thinking, what's going on here then? Uh, and then we realise Mike, Mike has mugged us off. He hasn't actually told her to her face that she's not, she's not coming back. Um, so that's, that, you know, we were like, oh, OK, fair enough. We'll, we'll see what happens. So we, we got off the DLR at Limehouse and did the little kind of trundle. You go down the stairs and then up the stairs again. I, I think they've changed it now. But back in the day, it was down the stairs, up the stairs, uh, up to the Limehouse platform. And uh, we, we ran to get this train, right? And I, I was a bit slimmer then, and I was a bit more athletic, so I could run the stairs, but, you know, I couldn't do it now. Um, so we all legged it and got on the train. And, and again, somehow, some way, this Jenny Bird managed to, you know, weeble up the stairs. I don't, I, God knows. Disgusting. Disgusting. I, it is, uh, you know, but they wobble and don't fall down. And she didn't. <laughs> she literally somehow made it up the stairs before the C2C train went um, and pushed her way in. And she was like, oh, guys. And I remember her saying, oh, guys, you almost went without me. And we were like, yeah, we were we were trying, love. Like, we, we, we were trying. Um, and this is where the story gets interesting because this is all backstory. But this is when it starts, right? We're all in the, the middle bit of the character, where the doors are. You know, the bit where you stand in where the doors are on the C2C trains, right? So the chair on either side of you, you're in the middle kind of four. It's not a foyer, but you know, you know what I mean? There's four of us standing in. There's me, there's Simon, so he's my boss. There's another temp. Now, I, I remember now, his name was Ray. He was a bit of a dick, but I don't, you know, whatever. He was a temp, I don't care. And then there was Jenny. And we're all standing there. 
the train's left Limehouse. We're on our way to West Ham, right? And uh, sometimes that can be a lot, a bit of a, a bit of a distance. It's not that long a journey, but it depends on what the atmosphere is like. And let me tell you, the atmosphere was about to drop because her phone went off, and it was one of those really, really loud, really loud uh, ringtones. It was like, like one of them old school dog shit ones. So she picks up the phone. Hiya, it's Jenny. And she goes, um, all right, so we can't hear what's on the other side, but obviously she's reacting to it. So it's like, hi, it's Jenny. Yeah, no, I, I love the job. It's amazing. I'm really... Oh. Oh, are you sure? Oh. And you can see her lip begin to fucking wobble, right? And, and Did it's... you eat a chocolate bar in the fridge? Or? No. <laughs> no. She, puts, she, she presses the phone and puts it down, and she turns to us. And says, guys, I've got some really bad news. And we're like, all right, okay. All the temps have been sacked. Now, Ray has gone fucking bananas, right? Because he was told he's got at least a good few weeks of work left with with our firm. So he's like, what the fuck? This is unbelievable. I can't believe it. Worry, fucking worry. And he's immediately started dialing the fucking number for the, for the temp agencies to get through to him, right? Now, I know she was going to get sacked. Simon knows she was going to get sacked. These two don't. But she's been told that all of the temps have been sacked. This could not be further from the truth. Only her. Only she was sacked, right? So she turned to me and Simon and said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Did you know anything about this? And we both instantly looked at each other. And I don't know if it's a, an unwritten man code of, of un, you know, uncomfortableness, but we both instantly turned and at exactly the same time said, we had no idea you were going to get sacked, Jenny. Uh, almost exactly the same time. Right? At this time, Ray has got through to the temp agency. Ray's on the phone. What's all this about all the temps being sacked? To which he hears... And we hear quite clearly because it's so loud. And I don't, I don't want to say it's on speaker, but it was pretty loud. No, no, not all of the temps, Ray. Just Jenny. Jenny's been let go. At this point, this woman who is already the Guinness World Record holder for the most amount of mascara that's ever been worn in the world has one solitary tear rolling down her cheek. <laughs> Her lip is fucking going and she's getting in a right old state, right? And uh, so she's like, Mark, Simon, I can't believe what's happened. What, what, you know, did you know anything about it? We lied for our teeth again. We was like, no, love, we didn't know nothing about it. Now, Simon normally gets off the train at Barking, jumps on the district line to go to Hornchurch. We've just arrived at West Ham. And just as she's trying to get herself together, the motherfucker jumps off the train two stops early and gets the district line from West Ham instead, leaving me on my own with a girl <laughs> I have arranged, I have arranged to get sacked, and she's fucking having an emotional breakdown, right? That one solitary tear, that turned into about twenty tears, and suddenly there's an avalanche of dog shit mascara crud trying to drown us in the middle of the sea to sea carriage. I've never felt so awkward in my life. And she's she said to me, Mark oh i'm so sorry that i don't get to work with you anymore you're so awesome such a nice guy and all i'm hearing is you're a lying motherfucker you got this bird sacked and now she's crying on the train and and it is my fault i did tell mike to get her sacked and then she says to me uh, just as we're pulling I'm, I'm we're pulling to basil this is about you know 20 minutes of, of of awkward crying and and her coming to terms with the news and just as we're about to get off the train she turns and she kind of puts her hand on my arm and she says, Mark, 
you've been so amazing to me. That is a lie. I haven't been amazing to her. I've got a sack. She said, it'd be great if we could stay in touch. I'll add you on Facebook. And I'm not proud to admit this. <laughs> but the minute I got off that train, I found her on Facebook and I blocked her before she could have me because I didn't want the hurt of knowing that, that she was on my, my Facebook when I got her sacked. So Jenny, you're not listening to this because you're not on any of my social media. You're blocked on all of it. But not only have you got an incredible ability to, to run between stations, um, but I did get you sacked and you did almost get me drowned with mascara crud. So for that, I thank you. So, I mean, I've got some questions. Um, okay. I mean, obviously I've, I've read the story mm-hmm. uh, before. Now, you know, you, you stand there on a train, you know this is the last time you're going to see this bird. Why did you not just have the courage to say, look, Jenny, do you know what? I think this might be the reason. And when I say think, well, I know, because this is the feedback that I gave. Maybe if you learn this feedback for your next job, this might help you in your career going forward and as a person. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, that's a very valid comment. But what you've got to remember is that I, one, I'm a coward. Um, and two, when a scary midget crazy lady is crying in front of you on a train and she's got nails that look like fucking knives, you don't tell her she's shit at her job. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's why, uh, Mark, you, you got stuck there at, at senior level and, and didn't move to manager because really... Incorrect. I, you got, I did get promoted after that. And very interesting. We were running out of time for this, this episode this week. I got promoted after calling my manager a slag. So there's that. <laughs> oh yeah maybe for next time but i'll tell you what i'll do next time i'll also tell the story about how i blew up my office on my first day of manager ah oh, mate so this is this is the whole thing we, we'll have to do two episodes uh just to get get all this stuff out this week fair enough fair enough all right this is the mark and brad podcast my name is mark grayston his name is brad grayston we thank you for listening to our bollocks again um I'm a, oh, oh sorry mark. One, one sec i've just got a call coming in one second yep. oh hi Oh, hi, Jenny. How are you doing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're listening. Oh, right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you his number. It, sorry, Mark, I'm going to have to go. I've just got a quick call. Yeah, so I know that. I know you think that's really funny, but let me tell you why that's not happening, because since you got married, no girls have ever called you. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. No worries at all. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Mark and Brad Podcast. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and like in all the relevant ways. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and all of the other things that you can do. Thank you for listening. Love you, Jenny.